1: dolphins or monkeys can you sense a theme here today i bet you were thinking that maybe i was going to play shock the monkey oh that'd be too easy i know, mean, i've played that ian brown track before and i actually really like it a lot a very underrated artist and one of the few who stood with the people while we were going through the uh The Coronavirus craze. Remember the old Coronavirus craze? Remember those good old days? Well, it looks like we're moving on to a new thing. And the new thing uh, happens to be the monkeypox virus. Of course, behind me, I have a still from the uh, absolutely amazing groundbreaking film from 19, I believe it was 1968. Planet of the Apes. I was one of those people as a child who saw this movie in the theater and it was, uh, it was terrifying actually, you know, it was cool, but it was terrifying as a kid who, you know, you're a nine year old kid living in America. I think it was eight, eight or nine might've been closer to nine, but we saw it in the theater and uh, let me take this off because I don't need it anymore. And uh, as a kid, eight, nine year old kid, you're, you know, you're pulling for the fucking humans here. Okay. You want the humans to win like those dirty goddamn apes. (laughs) We all know what a metaphor it is. And uh, the people that created the planet of the apes franchise, especially the, the first, they had a hard time getting the franchise off the ground. The planet of the apes was a long time in coming in terms of production from start to finish, from the book by uh, Pierre Boulle, is that his name? The French author. Let's see. Planet of the Apes. The. Uh, I want to make sure I do this name right. Pierre Boulet. You know, I never made the connection between, this is kind of interesting. I've never made the connection here. February 20th, so he's a Pisces. And that song by Ian Brown, When Dolphins Were Monkeys, the sign Pisces plays a very prominent role. As you can see, you saw the uh, the symbol for uh, for Pisces uh, on the woman's wrist. And of course, all the water uh, imagery. Oh, come on. You know, I do my best to stay away from uh, Google and, and even now DuckDuckGo is a total, uh, total turd, because they actually censor searches. Um, okay, so here we go. We're playing the synchronicity glass bead game. I'm teeing it up here every day now. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Flame. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, we're happy to have you here. And, of course, on the streaming side at 15 Minutes of Flame of ovflame.com we do this every day monday through thursday tomorrow over on youtube for the friday forecast tbd at this point but let me just show you the old uh glass bead gameru here and the synchronicities that we're starting off with very early in the show it's promising it is a promising start here we go, Ian Brown, who I'm, I'm a fan. I like his music. He's super creative. Uh, he's super weird. Confrontational. And really, you know, one of the few people's artists. He stood by people during Corona. He would not tour. If they were requiring a vaccine or a mask, he was like, no, no fuck no I'm not playing there that included Glastonbury which is for these people kind of a big big deal all right check this out Ian George Brown born February 20th 1963 so there's that and then we have no I did not I did not arrange this in any way shape or form Pierre-Francois-Marie-Louis Boulet. not to be confused with Boulou or Boulez, born February 20th, 1912. Isn't that interesting? Ian Brown, When Dolphins Were Monkeys, and Pierre Boulet, the author of the uh, Planet of the Ips. Looks like he wrote Bridge on the River Kwai too. So this guy authored uh, a couple of um, a couple of interesting movies. He wrote a lot of books, nonfiction. Walt Disney, Siam. What else does he have here? My Own River Kwai. So this guy was busy. The Good Leviathan, Trouble in Paradise. What are are these novels? I guess he was writing under these pseudonyms. So he wrote The Bridge on the River Kwai by by Jeanne Fielding. William Conrad, Not the Glory, by Jeanne Fielding, also issued as Spy Converted. Very interesting. The Other Side of the Coin by Richard Howard. Are these all his pseudonyms? That's weird. Very strange. Uh, Yeah, so he's the author of The Planet of the Apes. The original series of five films have become cult classics. Boulet, who had thought his novel to be unfilmable, was taken by surprise at the worldwide success and impact of the film. He wrote a script for the sequel titled Planet of the Men, but the producers of the original film turned it down. The second film, Beneath the Planet of the Apes, which came out in 1970, was also very successful, followed by Escape from the Planet of the Apes, and Conquest of the Planet of the Apes, and Battle for the Planet of the Apes. And then it was a TV series. I remember watching the TV series. They got a lot of mileage out of this, didn't they? Come on, you getting up here? When is somebody going to write a book called The Planet of the Cats? They did a movie called The Cat People. We should probably watch it together. It'd be too scary for you to watch alone, Jasper. You'd probably need me. Um, it's also interesting. Now, I've talked about The Planet of the Apes before. It went through a ton of revisions. And it started off with Rod Serling doing the film script and then eventually went on to fall into Dalton Trumbo's hands at some point. And I think that the movie and the script is an amalgam of all these different points of view. And of course, Trumbo is a communist. So you, you, I think you get this kind of inverted race and class struggle uh, inside of the movie, because that's exactly you know what's being talked about here. Is well, the apes. I'm sorry, but you, know, you, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. Are a metaphor for being black, right? So instead of uh, planet of the uh, of the black people, Pierre Boulle wrote Planet of the Apes as a metaphor, right? And it's the humans now who are on the other side of the stick. It's the humans who are considered to be brutal, and ignorant, uh, unintelligent, and then put into bondage and slavery. I mean, it's not that hard to figure out, to be honest with you, right? I mean, let's just call an ape an ape here. That's what the movie's about. And at the end of the movie, of course, we have the shocking ending with the Statue of Liberty, which is kind of a reset moment. Am I right? That's kind of a reset moment, like a Tartarian moment. Now it's interesting about the author of the Planet of the Apes, besides the fact that he synchronistically shares the same birthday, different year of course, but same birthday as Ian Brown, who wrote When Dolphins Were Monkeys, another song about a simian transformation into another species or a, another species into a simian transformation strange but true. Uh, there's also the interesting connection between Pierre Boulet and you know where I'm going, right? You know you know where I'm going, Jasper. And we have the Boulay Society. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So here's a fact check thing. Is there an elite secret organization? I'll just show you. You know, when you go through now, oh, this is uh, rastafari.tv. Let's just see what they have here going completely off script right now. This was not, none of this was planned. You can probably tell, but it's interesting. Am I right? Well, I hope it is. So this is from the uh, website, rastafari.tv. And then what you have here is you have the black boule rich elite homosexual secret society paid to destroy Marcus Garvey Anywhere there are prominent professional blacks, chances are they're in the boule set up to keep blacks from segregating and improving themselves. So these are uh, prominent boule members. This guy Richard Warwick was one of the uh, founding members of the boule, of course, um, they don't who they don't have it here is W.E.B. Du Bois. So there's this um, theory that the boule were organized and empowered to create a layer of an elite black society. That it's it's the weird thing about the boule is it's not really about they're not really about integration per se but when you when you begin to break it down and you get into and, and I'm surprised that Du Bois is not in this little uh this little pyramid here that part of what Du Bois and even the early members of the ballet were promoting was this idea of an underclass so you have an overclass that is controlling the narrative of the underclass and saying, okay, well, we're, uh, you know, we're we, we're at a disadvantage. Uh, you know, the racial inequality is socioeconomic inequality, so therefore, we are part of an ongoing program of change. And the NCAA NAACP rather was set up um, by a group of non-blacks who were mostly. Jewish and primarily uh, socialist, communist, and we we've seen how those roots go way back, right, way back, pre turn of the century. Yesterday we talked about the death of McKinley uh, at the Buffalo World's Fair, and in a lot of ways, right, in a lot of ways, that has the earmarks. Of a socialist anarchist assassination. There's Emma Goldman, who's involved because this guy Chaglosh spent time with Emma Goldman and the anarchist Bolsheviks. Uh, so we can see that the that, that the roots of what we're experiencing now go. You know, we've done this before. We looked at the Hundred Year March, and the Hundred Year March really starting. Uh, at the turn of the century, 1900, and going to 2000. But then you have the sublers 1917, 1920. So the boule were set up in order to mimic a social narrative. Now there's Du Bois, right there. The porn to steal, the Black professional away from Garvey because an Afrocentric organization articulated and captured the Black professional would give YT no safe haven in the Black community. So the boule, the remaking of the House Negro was necessary to build a group of Negroes who had an investment in protecting the white system as produced by whites having stolen this land. So we're having a pretty radical departure here in terms of how uh, this website is viewing history. And, it, and everything is up for grabs right now just in terms of our past. And everybody's trying to kind of hustle and declare what the dominant narrative is so that they can use that dominant narrative from the past and build, a, build some scaffolding to the future, right? So they can deconstruct the present. And this is what's taking place. Taking away the articulate Negro now does our to place them with organized institutions to keep them away from self-improvement, so we find in the same period as the founding of the boulet the founding of the four black male, Alpha Phi Alpha, Kappa Alpha Psi, Omega Psi Phi, Phi Beta Sigma, and four black female, Alpha Kappa Alpha, Delta Sigma Theta, Zeta Phi Beta, and Sigma Gamma Rho. College-based fraternities and sororities also find the founding of the NAACP and the Urban League. So that's an important, uh, that's an important piece. Because it's through the founding of the NCAA, I don't, I don't know why I want to call it the NC2A, which might be the college version of it, but it's through the founding of that group and that organization that this narrative of constant change is always on the table. So we have the Boule, who represent this. So you know, we'll just call them, you know, the elite of the so-called black community, usually looking a lot more white than black. You have Marcus Garvey, who is not looking like a member of the bullet, but I've heard that Marcus Garvey is also he was also controlled opposition. I've I've heard that, and I've heard it from people inside of the so-called black community who've done a lot of research on it. So they had their own version of controlled opposition, even in this area. And this idea that we want to go back to Africa, you know, maybe even that is something that's completely erroneous. Then the idea is that maybe you were already here, you don't have to go anywhere. Now that's not to say that there may not have been some transfer of people, but the majority, my sense is that the majority of what we would call the Black or African people were probably already here. They were already here, they're already living here. And from what we've been able to determine about this quote-unquote Tartarian world, is that it was a fairly diverse and integrated society. Fairly diverse. And again, I've talked about this before, now the Cherokee, you'll find all kinds of very different looking people inside the Cherokee from people that would look more traditionally black to people that look traditionally white and some of whom have red hair and they have a written language. There's a whole other layer of, of history here that you know we're just not aware of. And it's kind of coming, it's, it's beginning to bubble up a little bit. Um, and I think it's interesting that you have a guy who writes this book, which is, obviously metaphoric about a planet that is run by the simian species. You have uh, gorillas, you have chimpanzees and uh, orangutans and they're running the planet. So it's an inversion planet of the apes is an inversion story and it's a metaphor. And his last name is Boulay. And then we have the Boulay society and he shares the same birthday as Ian Brown, who wrote, when dolphins were monkeys, a little weird. Get used to it, it's a Mercury retrograde. One of my favorite times, I love Mercury retrograde. Believe it or not, I think it's interesting. And of course we had the great Mercury retrograde moment yesterday with George Bush. Before I play that, because I am going to play it, it is, it is absolutely and utterly worth checking out if you haven't seen it. Uh, but before I do that, we got a little business to take care of. I talked to Chris Lynch yesterday and I got to tell you, you guys have been awesome in terms of your response with True Hemp Science. Um, and, and, and I've heard from some people that uh, they're absolutely uh, loving the product, which is which is great. We like that. So let me just go back into the link here on the page. If you're listening on the podcast side of things, Uh, By the way, now, if you put 15 mins in just like that, it works. So there's a lot of variations on the code. So if you put that one five mins in and you get uh, $100 or more product, you're going to get a nice little reward there in terms of getting a little bump on your order. So it is the highest quality CBD that I have had the experience now having it every single CBD So I can't say that it is the absolute best CBD on the planet, but from the CBD I have had, hands down way better. Let me give you an example because, you know, I was having an issue with the sleeping thing and I said, okay, let me get some, uh, let me get some sleep gummies. So I went down the road. There's actually a little place here in, uh, in Stonewall that they have a shop. And I'm like, okay, oh, you've got some sleep gummies. Let me get some. And I got some and they were really good. Like they were good. It got me into the idea of sleep gummies. So then one day I I went to uh, natural grocers in town and I'd run out of sleep gummies. So Gaia has sleep gummies. I, I bought a jar. It was, you know, fairly affordable. And it was okay. There was, you know, they were, the guy stuff was really, uh, relying more on, you know, the, the add ons, a little melatonin, uh, what else did they have in there? I don't know, a little skull cap or, you you know, the stuff that they put in little theanine, right? So it was CBD and a lot of the other stuff. It was okay. And then I tried Chris's gummies, he sent it. And it was one of those moments where it was like, it was before, it was, this was before we started to work together here. And he sent me some of his product and he sent me the, the gummies. I'm like, wow, these are incredible. And it just like, lights out, London. Uh, and so comparing it to Gaia, no comparison, absolutely none. Chris's product is way better, way, way better. And you're going to pay a little bit more money, but the product is superior. And you get a really, really cool jar. Like the jar itself is almost worth the price of admission. He doesn't skimp on the jar. Uh, the place in will have pretty good CBD. But again, I'm going to tell you, Chris's gummies deliver and you can, you can taste the CBD in the gummy. So this has been very, very successful, and thank you for supporting Chris and and, uh, supporting your own life, your own health, your own wellness, and your own uh, well-being, because we need it. and We're going to need these. We're going to need these tools, right? And I think Chris is actually working on a, a version of his CBD specifically for Tartaria. How cool would that be? The Tartarian blend. I'm working on it. Let's check out uh, chat. Let's see what you guys got going on here today. There's my man Thomas. What's going on? JP love. I love that video of the possum. It makes me feel bad for saying they were ugly years ago when I had chickens. I found one stuck in one of my trash cans. I like possums. You know they're they're strangely cute. Oh, listen, listen to Drove the possum a couple miles away. I was afraid it would kill my chickens. Yeah, you know, it's probably going to take them a couple of months to get back to your place. They don't move very fast. Uh, They're scary looking. They're a little scary. What's going on, Ryan? Good to see you. Uh, Kabuki Theater is here. Here's my man, Michael. Good morning, Michael. JJ! Now she just has JJ and an exclamation mark. JJ's rebranding. HuckleBuck411. What's going on, Huckle? C. Pines is here. There's Fran. Hi, Fran. Miss Nakia. Good morning to you. Who else we have? Sony. Sony's in the house. Hi, Sony. Mark Matheny, Double M. Oh, Mark's got some possum trivia. Love possum. They eat lots of ticks. You want possums around them? Uh, let's see. I remember. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to play that. Thanks, Michael. Let's play that. I was going to play that. Uh, yeah, we're going to play that. Yeah, fucking hilarious. This is one of those videos that just wins the internet it, over 82 million views. 82 million views. That's a lot of views. We're gonna play it. Let me just go back into uh, Chatoria and continue my uh, so Continue my roll call. Let's see who else do we have. Thanks for the reminder. Okay, let's see who else we have. Uh, there's Renee. What's going on, Renee? Renee, good morning. Renee, good morning. Rocky, Rocky, give these sleep gummies a shot and get back to me. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see how they work for you. Uh, for whatever reason, I truly want the best for Roseanne. I wish her complete healing and peace. You're talking about Roseanne Barr? Is that what we're talking about? Wendy says in the house. All the ancient sieves were amazing seafarers. Yes, I agree. It was a thing. I would agree. So it was a lot of, uh... <laughs> there was human slavery. It's been going on for a long time. Absolute long time. Um, Valerie Jarrett. Oh my God. You're gonna get me in trouble, Cherokee. Yes, Cherokee, yes. Thank you. You know, sometimes it takes me a while to wake up, but with with you guys, we are we are one brain and we are better together. That's for damn sure, Cherokee. Agape. Ooh, equa. Equa, equa. You know, Roseanne. When when Roseanne did that. Um, I thought it was stupid. I, th- I thought it was stupid. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, you can make an analogy that Valerie Jarrett looks like an orangutan or a chimp or whatever, right? I mean, this is America. You should be able to do something like that. You'll pay a price for it though. And she did. I thought it was stupid. And the reason I thought it was stupid is because they just... I mean, maybe she did this. Maybe it was some form of self-sabotage because they had just relaunched the show and it was, it was becoming very successful. It's like, oh, we really like these characters and, you know, all these people were... Well, a lot of people were looking back in that show in some... Because I never watched that show. I, I never liked Roseanne Barr. Not when she was fat, not when she lost weight. I never liked her and the premise of the show never appealed to me, but you know, appealed to other people because it was a working class show with working class issues and working class problems. And it was probably well-written. It was, it was successful for quite a while, but the root, the reboot had a nostalgic feel to it, which is what people were looking for, especially during a time where, We see so far removed from that period that having a reminder of that period, an anchor with your memory and your emotions around that period, people were clamoring for that. So it was, I can't tell you whether or not the reboot was any good because I didn't watch it, but the ratings were good. People, People were into it. And then she torpedoed it, she ruined it. And I thought it was stupid. And I thought that there was nothing that, that could be gained by, by that comment, nothing. True or not, there's nothing that could be gained. By, and it did a disservice in a lot of ways to the quote unquote truth community because Rosanna's kind of, was, she was kind of a cute person, wasn't she too? She become a bit of a cute person. So when she does something like that, what does it do? It, 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 you know, it soiled the, muddied the waters. So I thought it was stupid. And then of course, the show ceases production, and all those people are out of jobs, right? Like when was the last time Lori Metcalf worked? Like she's probably doing okay. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you've got the Roseanne show, which is in syndication, and there's residuals for that stuff. But if you're an actor, you like to work. Like, oh, great. I get to go, you know, be with this group of people again. And, you know, we get to uh, create. And, and that's just over, right? And it happens like that. And then if I was on that cast, I would have been fucking pissed at her. It's like, why couldn't you keep your big fucking mouth shut? It's not going to serve anybody. Like, there's no real truth there. The only truth that, that arises out of it is that you say the wrong thing about a certain person, and no matter how popular you are, you'll be canceled. That's the only truth that came out of that. She wasn't telling us anything that we might not have already put together in our heads. She looks a little like... Um, Kim, what's her name in the Planet of the Apes? Just a little bit. I'm just telling you. It's like it's not. John Sununu, the governor of uh, New Hampshire, looked like a fucking pig. He looked like a pig. I remember the first time I saw John Sununu. I was in my maybe late teens. You're cruising around... um, the channel where they just broadcast shit from Congress. And I'm seeing Johnson for the first time. I'm like, this guy looks like a pig. He's a pig man. But if you go into the whole new uh, episode of Mind Unveiled and you start to look at the connections between pigs and humans, which I've known about for a while, the chromosomal connection between pigs and humans, it's, it's almost an exact match you look at something like johnson Noonan. it's like well it makes sense you're, you're from a pig you're a pig man just in case you're looking for a johnson Noonan visual let me bring it up let me find the right link here the right tab uh, Here we go. This is, the, this is the, the old dude. I don't know if he's alive anymore. But now his kid is, I guess, in charge of uh, the state. Now, here, let's bring this up. Does he not look like a pig? This is the face of a pig man. Pigmentation. This is a pig man. I remember seeing, there's his son. Just keep eating that bacon in those ribs, and a similar fate is in your future. You will morph into the pig man. That's a pig face. Right there. Looks like his kid got some better genes. Is that that Sununu's wife? She looks like a pig too. Maybe a little less than he does. That is a fucking pig face see I can be equally misanthropic that was stupid on Roseanne's part I'm sorry just stupid and then they tried to bring the show back without her sort of like "Uh, okay you guys you guys weren't the ones that said it okay you know you shouldn't be punished for Roseanne's ridiculous gaffe We'll bring the show back. It didn't work. didn't work. You needed her loud mouth to be on the show. So it's all about context. You got a loud mouth on the show with your character, you're great. You take it out of your show and you put it into a different context and it doesn't always work. I guess at least she's being authentic on some level. Roseanne Barr, yes, we wish you wish you all the best like any other human um, I'm going to play that that uh, chimp with the AK video before I do I have not been paying attention to the uh, trial of the century but it's been interesting watching the transformation of Amber Heard so if you go back and you watch the, the the phase where Johnny Depp is on the stand, Amber Heard is doing everything in her power to look good. She's got makeup. and So she's trying in that moment when the camera is on her and Johnny Depp is being Johnny Depp. Um she's trying to look good. Now she's taking the witness stand, no makeup, plain Jane. She you know, she's got this gray kind of tunicy thing going on, looking as sort of bland and gray and washed out as possible. Like she's a victim and she's suffering. She's been on the witness stand for, what, about a week now, two weeks. I guess once she's done, they can call the, – I mean, they, may, they may call them back again because that's how the game works. They may call Johnny Depp back. It's really funny. You know, I'm in this weird kind of sink phase now. Because I was, you know, I've been doing this thing with Buffalo and um, the Bills. I had two weird sinks around that yesterday. The Buffalo Bills, the city of Buffalo. You know, we've been, we've been in that lane for the last three shows. And I'm going to be on with Giuseppe tonight. And he wanted to know what I wanted to talk about. And, I, you know, I think Giuseppe watches the show. I know he supports the show. Um, and I said, well, I'm probably going to talk about some of the things that you've heard over the past couple of days, because his audience and my audience aren't really the same. His audience is pretty hardcore, pretty, pretty hardcore. And there is some crossover. I've seen uh, Tom and, and Ryan in Giuseppe's chat. Maybe I think I've seen Ren in Giuseppe's chat. So there is some crossover, but there's a bunch of people I don't know. And I also know that his, his world is less open to astrology. I found that out last time. So um, we were talking and I said, well, you know, we can, we can bring some OJ into this as well, because OJ played for the Buffalo Bills. And then I, I said, and I'll talk about it tonight. I think everything starts with OJ. There's a little Rodney King. If you look at the sequence of events, Rodney King happens before OJ and what is King, right? A king wears a crown and what is a crown? It's a Corona. So there's these strange reverberations and echoes through time. And, you know, I've talked about the story before. The Rodney King event was very memorable for me because I was, I'd been hired to paint an apartment, like the inside of an apartment in Oakland. And it's in this building, it's a building I would eventually live in from 1992 to 1996 for four years. Uh, And very important time in my life uh, because I saw things and experienced things that a lot of people just don't or won't. And while it was a time where I didn't make a lot of money, um, it was a time where, for all intents and purposes, I was trying to be free, where I was trying to figure out you know, what I wanted to do with my life, and because a lot of my hopes and plans had kind of gone by the wayside. So I'm in this new period of my life in the in the 90s, which is my 30s, and uh, it was a very interesting time. Um, but when I was there to to paint that apartment unit. First day there, Rodney, the Rodney King thing happened. So I'm in Oakland and I'm painting this unit. The apartment is primarily black. There might've been one or two so-called white tenants. So I didn't know what to expect. And I was there for a few days. I was there with the day it happened. I'm listening to the radio. You know, they're talking about, you know, overturning cars and burning cars in San Francisco, which was oddly enough, more radical than Oakland was. My experience with the people in the building was fine. They acknowledged me, said hello. It wasn't like. Wasn't like today. But the OJ thing. That's when things really start to just slide right off of the continental shelf. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he got away with murder. Right. I mean, that's really the, the thing. And the unspoken truth. Around the O.J. event, was a large portion of Black America were cheering them on. They probably don't want to admit it, but it's true. It's like, fuck yeah. You know, how many times have you know our people been uh, found guilty when they weren't, and that's true. Plenty. they have a point so the one time that you know maybe somebody from and by the way oj simpson had nothing in common with that community <laughs> nothing he might have at one point growing up in the projects in san francisco as a kid but by the time he got to usc he was a made man total made man he, he got paid to play at usc The boosters paid for him to be there. And from what I also understand, um, OJ was not a model citizen at USC. There were more than a couple incidents where OJ forcibly interacted with members of the opposite sex and the boosters paid those events to go away. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to, to find that information on the internet because they probably scrubbed it. But back in the day when, you know, you would look into these things, you'd be able to, you know, they'd pop up and you'd be able to read some of this stuff. So that was you know, some of the information that I've read. The other thing I've read about OJ was the whole thing with Hertz because Nicole Brown Simpson, which is where I'm going with this. Nicole Brown Simpson's father was an executive and uh was an executive at uh at hertz you remember you know all those commercials with oj running through the airport so oj had a couple of um hertz locations it wasn't just him doing commercials he had a couple of locations and apparently there is also uh this rumor that they were laundering money through some of those Hertz locations and through OJ, right? Because he was the one that whose name was on the books and he probably didn't do shit. It was just in his name. So there's a weird relationship with Hertz and Nicole Brown and her father, who was an executive at Hertz. And of course, we know what happens theoretically. And everything starts then. OJ gets away with murder. It's a big event. There it it is. And the weird thing about the OJ trial. Just like the Kennedy phase. Where you had Kennedy as the first. um, Television president. Kennedy is, is the first mass media candidate. The OJ Simpson trial was uniquely poised to be broadcast everywhere. Everywhere. Cable TV is ubiquitous at that point. Everybody has it, 24 seven coverage. We were in an immersion, a deep immersion with the OJ Simpson trial. And how could you not find it fascinating on some level? Of course, there's a strange connection with Bobby Kardashian OJ Simpson claiming that um, Courtney is his daughter. There's a hairdresser, though, that also looks like uh, it could be Courtney. Courtney. is not a classic Kardashian. She never was. She never looked like it. Never. You can just tell. Like Kim and Chloe, uh, you know, they're like Semitic. They have a Semitic look because, you know, Bobby's Semitic. Chloe doesn't have that look. She, she looks completely different. So I think, would what, what OJ just admit that uh, he's her father? Because Chris and OJ, you know, yeah, that happened. And Bobby was, Bobby was his lawyer and part of the dream team. It's weird, right? All these weird connections. Part of the dream team. And uh, there's a famous piece of footage where the suitcase with O.J.'s bloody clothes and gloves is put on the ground outside of his house. And Bobby Kardashian takes it. They planned this whole thing out. Bobby Kardashian takes that suitcase. Let me see. I'll try to find that video and maybe play it tonight. So anyway, I'm talking with Giuseppe about what's going on with a lot of this bull symbolism, bull, buffalo, um, bison, bovine. And we talked about the OJ thing. And we talked about cole simpson and in that moment i looked up her astrological sign what, what sign you think she is question mark she's a taurus and guess what her birthday's today right so we're in this weird sink pattern now very weird weird sink pattern so we have oj simpson buffalo buffalo bills the murder of Nicole and Ron Goldman. And of course, Nicole being a Taurus, right? More bull symbolism. And her birthday's today. Now I'm watching, uh, I'm starting to watch these reruns of um, At the Movies with Siskel and Eber. They're they're like all on YouTube now. Somebody just uploaded them a couple of weeks ago, like every single one of them from the beginning and they're very entertaining to watch. Like if you go all the way back to the beginning, uh, Gene Siskel has hair. He's got a mustache. He's got a porn stash, pretty good porn stash on Gene Siskel. Uh, Roger E, Roger Ebert, hair is not gray, but lots of it. And they're very entertaining and looking back on their criticism of movies, I agree with almost all of them, although I think they really got the Big Lebowski wrong. They totally got that wrong. They didn't understand it. They don't understand everything, but they didn't understand it. Um, So yesterday, what comes up on my feed on YouTube, a show where it's at the movies. And I've been getting a number of them. So it's not like all of a sudden I'm just getting, because I started watching, it's the algorithm. That's how the algorithm works. And yesterday, what pops up? But a review of where the Buffalo roam. And who's it about? Hunter S. Thompson. So we're living in a weird world. Bill Murray, by the way, plays Hunter S. Thompson. And the thing that I did not make a connection with but I'm doing it now, is that in the latest version, which is not where the Buffalo roam, but Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, the person that plays, the actor that plays Hunter S. Thompson's lawyer is Benicio del Toro. Benny the Bull, right? Benny the Bull, that's his name. So the whole bull, buffalo, bison, bovine symbology is really just popping right now. Totally popping. So what does it mean? What happened to the buffalo? They got fucking slaughtered. They got slaughtered. They're also herd animals. We're also going to be dealing with the beef shortage. That's happening, It will happen, continue to happen. So now we have the monkey memes coming in. So the, the, I, don't think the, the buffalo, I don't think the buffalo, I think the buffalo stuff will go away. I think we're still in that, we're in that zone. I mean, we got the true node in Taurus, and Uranus in Taurus, which is the bull. And theoretically that's where it all started, right? Babylon, Babylonian. Baal, Baal, the bull god right Molek looks like a bull god. not sure if there is much of a difference between molec and ball They could be the same could be the same deity. So these are the echoes of bab bull on. Of course gold is bullion and we play sports with balls. Basketball, football, baseball, but the monkey, the monkey memes are coming because the monkeypox is on the horizon. Before we get into the monkeypox, let's look at that video. This this fucking video is amazing. And Amber Heard, she's a Taurus, zero degrees, and she has that name that can be h-e-r-d as well as i heard you she just wants to be heard amber just wants to be heard that's all that's all okay if you haven't seen this you're in for a real treat this thing is i remember watching it for the first time i laughed my fucking ass off We should probably watch a drunk monkey video too while we're at it. We need some laughs. Here we go. All right. A little screen shareage. I got my headphones back on so I can hear it better. And away we go. Let's have a little laugh, shall we? ¡Eh! ¡Mostra de color! ¡Eh! ¡Eh!
0: ¡Eh! me ¡Eh! 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 no, no! ¡No, no, no! ¡¿Qué huerga?! ¡¿Qué huerga?! ¡¿Qué huerga?!
2: ¡Puta, ya huerga! ¡No, no, ¡Eh! 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 ¡Eh!
1: Now I have no idea let's watch the drunk monkeys let's let's watch drunk monkeys let's just play it now we'll go back to the other one Look at these little fuckers
2: For years, the monkeys have been studied for insights into our own drinking habits. Just as we vary in our taste for alcohol, so do the monkeys. Some do anything for an alcoholic cocktail. But just as some people are teetotal, so are some monkeys. These reject alcohol in favor of soft drink. Significantly, the percentage of teetotal monkeys matches the non-drinkers in the human population. In line with human habits, most drink in moderation. 12% are steady drinkers, and 5% drink to the last drop. This similarity between us shows that a liking for alcohol is determined mainly by our genes. After each daily raid, other human parallels soon appear. But unlike us, monkeys that are heavy drinkers make better leaders, respected by other monkeys. They seem to tolerate leaders that monkey around. like monkeys our taste for alcohol began when we scoured the forest for ripe fermenting fruit food and alcohol became linked with intoxicating effect
1: that's those are some fucked up monkeys so getting game back to the uh, the chimpanzee with the AK. Okay. So is that even real? Like did they stage that thing? Was that staged? It almost seems like, like too perfect and too surreal to be real. I don't care. It's still funny. It's funny as hell. So the monkey pox is the new thing. Get ready for it. It's the new thing. Because the war in Ukraine is over, Jack. It is over. The whole asvistital as or asvital or, that sounds like a disease too, doesn't it? I'm sorry, but you have an incurable case of asvital. <gasps> Doctor, what shall I do? Don't worry, it'll end when we tell you, but until then, you have it. Yeah, I mean, there's big surrender. In fact, there's a picture of a U.S. I think the guy might be a general. He's a commander, commander or general. He's got a title and he was captured. They found him amongst these soldiers in Asvatal. Yeah, so there are Americans in there. So the Americans have had their boots on the ground. I mean, come on now. You don't send a shit ton of soldiers to Poland just to go there and hang out and have Polish vodka and try to hook up with beautiful Polish women. Or maybe in the military's case, beautiful Polish men um no you're going there for a reason and we've had we've had boots on the ground in in the ukraine front whatever is going on there the the war that is a war that isn't a war so this guy was captured and he was one of the people that did the walk of shame that war is over They accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. They had another distraction. They used Russia and the whole situation with the gas and the gas lines to make gas and diesel way more expensive, which means that the food that's coming to you is going to be way more expensive. Apparently Ukraine was involved in the production of fertilizer, ammonia nitrate, and uh, well, you know, they said, you can't put it on the trains here. Oh, we can blame it on Ukraine. We can blame everything on the, the Ukrainian and Russian war. Our economy continues to tank the stock market way down. Tech stocks are down. The crypto world, like it's like a wounded animal right now. Maybe a good time to buy, but let your conscience and your budget be your guide. And Russia's coming out of this pretty well. The ruble is stronger than ever. And if they really, 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 really really wanted to stop Russia, they would have blown up their fucking pipeline and not allowed the gas or the petroleum to get into Western Europe because they're dependent on it. And what does Russia do? It pegs the purchase of that Petroleum to the ruble or gold. And they're making out like bandits. You know, I watch this guy, Dan Sheikha's, on uh, YouTube every now and then. His fucking life hasn't changed. He goes to grocery stores. I've seen him in grocery stores. Plenty of shit on the shelves there, plenty. Russia is being used to dismantle this country and the West. That's what's happening. And I'm not, I don't, I, I think Russia's in on it. I think that's what they want to do. And they're like, fine, we'll play that role. And maybe they'll take some casualties and some hits and they'll lose a, an aircraft carrier, not an air, but a, a battleship, some tanks, whatever. At the end of the day, that war is over. It's over. Now they're sending troops to, Africa, Somalia. So here we go, you know, we're going back to Africa. And now we have the whole wildlife and particularly the, the monkey theme. Because, you know, it's one of the places in the world that they live. They live in other places, India, Malaysia, right? We're all over the place, but you know, There's a lot of our Simeon friends that live in Africa. And now the troops are going to Somalia. Why is that? It's because Ukraine's over. It's done. They may try to roll out some stupid shit every now and then. But I think they managed to get close to $100 billion over to Ukraine. Not to mention all the weapons that they sent over there that are... uh, being sold for pennies on the dollar, which we've talked about on this mission accomplished. Mission accomplished all the way. So now they're going to Somalia. Oh, let's take some more of our troops over there. Let's send some more weapons over there. Oh, we need more money, more money for Somalia. Oh, the poor Somalians, we got to relocate them. Yeah, they're having a crisis. Let's ship them to a place that is really a lot like their home. So they won't miss it. Let's, let's ship them to uh, North Dakota. That's a good idea, isn't it? You notice Wyoming doesn't get a lot of refugees. I'm assuming this. And uh, that's a uh, Dick Cheney country. Did Liz Cheney win? Push up for re-election. I mean, she comes from the most crooked, one of the most crooked families uh, in the States. Uh, These are all two days ago. Buffalo Massacre rep, Liz Cheney, blames GOP leadership for enabling. Liz Cheney just called out her fellow Republicans over the Buffalo shooting. She serves as Wyoming's lone member of Congress. Let's see, did she win? Let me just see here. She assumed office on January 3rd, 2017. I think she probably won. I don't know. I'm not seeing this, this Cheney election results. I see this. Boy, she has to chime in on the Buffalo thing, doesn't she? OK, here we go. Well, isn't this interesting? isn't this interesting so it looks like she defeated the democrat who was running you want to see the democrat was i'm not making this shit up so this was liz cheney's opponent in the uh, election lynette gray bull There she is, Lynette Gray Bull. Her last election was uh, November 3rd, 2020, so she ran again, she teed it up again, and she lost. Jeff Haggett from the Constitution Party managed to get 7,000 votes. Lynette Gray Bull she a uh, Native American? She might be Native American. That sounds like a Native American name, doesn't it? Lynette Bull. You can't make this shit up. Once you're in the sink pattern, it just keeps snap, crackle and popping. I didn't plan that. So the monkeypox is probably the next thing. In as much as the fuel shortages will be the next thing. In as much as the food shortages will be the next thing. In as much as the uh, collapse of the currency will be the next thing. Because this is what's happening. The beams are collapsing. You want to get out of the way. So so what do you do now, right? Well, first of all, you got to make sure if you're going to stay in the game... You have to have some level of preparation and that's just the way it is. And there are short-term, mid-term and long-term levels of preparation, but it's not just food. It's not just your essentials, your living essentials. You need spiritual, psychological and social. You need social preparation. You need to be connected to people somehow, somewhere, some way. And hopefully within a 15 to 20 mile vicinity of where you're living or else you're gonna be alone. And during a time where things can get hot and heavy, you really don't wanna be alone. I mean, I guess you'd rather be alone if you were with the wrong people. But if you have an option of being with the quote unquote right people versus being alone, you take the right people. 24, seven, 365. And why is it important? Well, it's important because you want to, if you, so there are two levels of reality here. One level of reality is that you want to stay in this game because theoretically we'll watch this thing flip. It's kind of starting to flip, but it it could flip in a way where everything just becomes like a turn to the hard right. And even people like me would have a hard time with a flip to the hard right. I may be able to fake it for a little bit, but a lot of of people who are, you know, on the hard right side of things, they're not always easy to deal with. Because if you don't fit into their box, you're out, right? And, And we know what those presets are just watch Stu Peters and if you're looking to figure out what they are for yourself because he is the conductor of the presets. So there's that, right? there's that level. So I, and, I'm, and I'm there like I want to I you know I want to be there. I want to see this thing flip because I feel like we have never gotten a real chance, a real shot, a real shake at being able to explore what it's like to to live in a way that's unfettered from these vampiric archons who seem to be replicating at a, at a, a terminal rate actually. But then there's the other side of this thing too. Like there's no guarantees. You could go tomorrow, you could go next week, you could go next month, you could go next year, you could go 10 years from now, Right, so that's the other part of this story that we're in: is that you need to be ready to go. And if you're not ready to go, then what's going to await you on the other side? You're going to be able to just have your past life review and feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside and go to the light. Does it happen that way? So we're we're working these two kind of parallel tracks of our reality, and somewhere in between is this field, is this, you know, what I'd call a torsion field. And that's where the transmission of knowledge occurs, real knowledge. And once you are in that place, it doesn't matter where you are on either side. You're equally adept at being here or being there or being anywhere. And that's not an easy place to be because it requires intense attachment. And intense non attachment. It requires intense love, but it also requires that you are not putting any strings, terms, and conditions on what that love is. So it's a very interesting place to be. That's to me, that is the zone of self actualization, enlightenment, whatever you want to call it. And at that point, you don't really care where you are. I mean, you. You have an interest, but it's like okay. Well, I can be here or I can be there. All I know is you know what I know, and what I know is that I'm not my body. And when I'm not my body, I'm ready to be wherever it is I need to be. With some degree, and this is I think the important part. With some degree of. Let me use the word sentience, like some degree of sentience. Like you have an insight and that that insight is important. And then you assemble your life or you assemble your activity or you assemble your intention so that that sentience is guiding you and allowing you to move to whatever the next plane is and doing it in a way where you are conscious, you are aware, and you have some idea as to what the fuck you're doing. And they've written manuals about this. That's what the Tibetan book of the dead is about. It's a manual for what happens when you're on the other side? There's an Egyptian book of the dead, too. They're a little different, but they're still manuals nonetheless. And yeah, that's the journey with very few maps. So that's where we are now. We're in this place where if you want to stay in the game, stay in the game. Take care of your body, take care of your mind, take care of your spirit. You know, do some preparation and be ready, right? Be ready to watch this thing turn upside down like the Poseidon adventure. With the idea that at some point in time, whatever that time is, which is accelerating, that we'll be through this and on the other side of it and probably with a very different level of consciousness because you'd have to be. And I talked about this a little bit on the Sunday night show when I was talking about the movie, The Wave, with this idea that not all chaos is bad. And that chaos can really be the thing that is trying to assert a new balance into your life. And we're living with Uranus and Taurus. And I was texting with Masaki last night and we touched on this a little bit. Taurus is the earth and Uranus means we're gonna have a weird fucking life on earth. It's the way it is. Weird life on earth until it transits through horse is the bull. What did Hunter S. Thompson say? When the going gets tough, the tough get weird. (laughs) Right? There's another Thompson-esque aphorism. So, this is important. Because I come back to this all the time. When I'm not doing this or I'm not working with people and have my downtime, I'm really doing my best to, you know, crack this thing and try to find something that I can share with you on a daily basis that is meaningful for me and for you. It's not just, hey, let me think of something to fucking say, right? There's some of that is there, but it's not the entirety of it. I wouldn't say things if I wasn't to some degree, emotionally or spiritually invested in what I was talking about. And I am invested in this for my own sake, for the sake of the people that I know and love, including my son. For you people in Chataria, like there's an investment here. And this is what I, you know, to the best of my ability, with all the astrological stuff and kind of peeling away things, to the best of my ability, this is where we are. You know, we are running in parallel streams of consciousness. One is rooted in this world 3D, which is getting less 3D every day, and the other is rooted in this other world. Which is not 3D, but might become more 3D every day. may be somewhere in the middle, that's where this stuff will meet. I mean, theoretically, that would be a version of the metaverse, but I'm not interested in the metaverse. I'm not sure many of you are interested in the metaverse. Let's play the George Bush video and then we'll get out of here because it's a um, there's a lot of layers to that George Bush video. Let's see if I can get it on. Uh, I hate it when fucking Twitter says that there's a message that's hidden. Uh, Let's see. So I can find the uh, George Bush video. Most of you have seen it, but just in case you haven't. Uh, By the way, this guy should be tried for war crimes, 100%. I was, in many ways, never less proud to be an American. During his administration, Zyokan's crooks raping, pillaging, and plundering the last rational stores of um, assets in the country. People don't remember that the housing crisis bullshit all happened on George Bush's watch. He starts off with the collapse of the NASDAQ and then ends it in the collapse of the housing market. Quite a legacy there. Here we go. If you haven't seen it, get ready. The irony is deep.
0: right, anyway. uh, 75. Uh, Here's the thing. In in contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and... uh, The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Iraq, anyway. Uh, (laughs)
1: 75. Uh, So he's saying he's 75, and that's why he made that, that error. That's a Mercury retrograde moment. Am I right? Mercury retrograde moment? and um, he's admitting that that's who he is and that's what he did. Everything that he just described to Vladimir Putin is what happened with George Bush. And what happened with his administration to a large extent is what brought us here today. The rise of the neocons, their unholy influence over the military industrial complex, Congress, Senate, you name it. It was his administration that launched the full enabling of them. They've been around, they were around with Nixon, they're around with Reagan and his father, took a brief hiatus with Clinton, although not so brief, spent a lot of their time in think tanks drumming up the uh, Project for the New American Century, which was authored um, by uh, the Kagan's essentially. So he's coming around and he has that gaff. He also looks like a pig, didn't he? He looked like a pig. He looked looked like he could be related to John Sununu. He had that kind of bovine that the, the porcine, porcine effect, right? A little humor to send you out on today. Okay. Um, I will be with Giuseppe on his channel, which is on Twitch, The Sane Asylum. That's at 6 p.m. Central Time. If you follow me on Twitter, Phoenix Astro 9 the link is there. And and maybe we'll put it into uh, the show. I don't really have show notes with this, but you can find it on Twitter. Just look up Sane Asylum on Twitch. Twitch is a pretty good search. So I'll be there. I did a a show with uh, Danny Katz last week, which I think hits today. Really good show. I really liked working with Danny. She's super smart. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else tomorrow, TBD. We'll see about tomorrow, but it'll be on YouTube, no matter what I do. All right. Use your head in order to so much real your heart too, step as possible. Thanks for being here. Once again, I value your support. You can subscribe here and support the show, and you can buy some of those really effective and powerful elixirs um, and chewables from, uh, True Hemp Science. Thanks again, everybody. Take care. Have a great day. Bye for now.